You like the Just Baseball show and want to make your own? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never seen before. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Tuesday, 4-20, April 20th. Peter Apple, Jack McMullen with you. Peter is dressed like the European tourist who is looking for the I Heart New York shirt in, like, Jacksonville, Florida. Like, See, that's that's so unfair because this shirt, we got to let the people know, this shirt I'm wearing right now, Jordan Stripes. Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty bold. We got some, we got some Knicks colors, but the Knicks are actually better than the Yankees right now, which I haven't said since probably 1942. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's a little bright, but you know, Jordan shirt we got in the Nike store on sale. Yeah, anything like good it. happened in like nineteen? It. Anything good happened in nineteen forty two? I know Columbus sailed the ocean blue in fourteen ninety two. So you just gotta uh, jumble up those numbers a little bit. Nineteen forty two. I'm not sure what's going on, but yeah, that shirt just screams tourist for me. Uh, Peter Apple gonna learn how to uh, get his face a little bit farther away from the mic so he doesn't sound <laughs> crazy overmodded for this episode. That's what we're trying to do. Yeah, we got we got a good rundown today. We're going to start with Dodgers Padres because holy crap that series, dude. Oh my god. Uh playoff preview. Yeah, we're going to eulogize. We're going to give a eulogy for Jay Bruce's career, not Jay Bruce. He's got a lot of life left ahead of him. And then we're going to kind of talk about Jacob DeGrom's dominance as well because like why not? He's yeah. the story every time he takes the mound. A- and then your Yankees suck. So I've got a business proposition for you. But Let's start with Dodgers Padres. Your, your immediate reaction to that hell of a series. What a series. Yeah. What a goddamn series. The Padres ended up losing two out of three. The Dodgers won the first two games of the series. And then we had a thriller um, yesterday. I mean, I feel like Eric Hosmer kind of summed it up best, right? In his quote, I think the whole baseball world was locked in on this series. And for good measure, you know. I mean, it was, it's the meeting of the two best teams in baseball, in my opinion, and they showed out. And the great part about it is it's not over. They play again on Thursday. So Fernando Tatis Jr., probably the biggest star of this series, right? I mean, I don't know, man. Yeah. Kershaw, Seager, Kershaw, Bueller. He's bigger than Seager. (laughs) Yeah. But Fernando Tatis Jr. is maybe supposed to be the biggest star. He's on the cover of MLB The Show, which comes out today, MLB The Show 21. But he's hitting 129 for the season so far. He had one single hit in the series. It was a home run. But then he didn't do much after that. 
Did you notice anything from Tatis? It was good to see him back from injury. Yeah, I noticed that he was coming back from injury a bit prematurely, and it's a shoulder thing, so it's going to hinder your swing. Like, that. that is the knock, right? That's why the average is where it is. If he was 100% healthy, like, he is too talented a baseball player to be hitting sub-150, but that's just the beast of early 2021 for Fernando Tatis Jr. He screwed his shoulder up, so now he's hurting from that. It's going to get back to even. He's going to get back to even water probably by the time Thursday hits and they go for round two. Tatis is okay. I mean, he's hitting with a dislocated shoulder. I don't, right. I'm just not sure why they're rushing him back so fast at all. I get it. You, you want to see him for the series, but this guy may need surgery. Yeah. Yeah. A, and apparently he's been dealing with it for a couple of years. Yeah. But what I find interesting is even with a depleted Fernando Tatis Jr., Here's a note from Alden Gonzalez's article on ESPN. Of the 30 innings that the Dodgers and Padres played this weekend, game was separated by two or fewer runs in 27 of the 30 innings with a not 100% Fernando Tatis Jr., who is far and away the best player on this Padres team, which is stacked with fantastic players. It was really good to see Trent Grisham come back. Yeah. And Eric Hosmer show up and be big time. I yeah. like this series. Everybody was saying, uh, I saw world series was trending during Saturday's game or Sunday's game. And like, okay, well they can't play in the world series. Yeah. Um, but what I found so interesting was like, this really did feel like a matchup in October because you had Trevor Bauer dishing out warrior cries at the end of innings. You had Manny Machado, lighting him on fire you had Clayton Kershaw show legitimate anger for the first time ever and you had plays that were just huge and you knew it when they happened a diving grab by Mookie to seal a win is a huge play any time of the year but unless you are hear me out unless you are the best rivalry in baseball at this exact moment in time late RBI singles from Eric Hosmer don't seem that big until the postseason Because two RBI singles late in games in April meant something, that shows you that this series is freaking legit, dude. I also wanted to touch upon that that rivalry within the rivalry, Trevor Bauer versus Manny Machado. Well, it's not even a rivalry. (laughs) It's really not even a rivalry. I mean, if we're looking at just how well Manny Machado has done off of Trevor Bauer in the past, when, I mean, Trevor Bauer pitched for the Indians, pitched for the Padres, Manny Machado was able to face him pretty much every single outing that he was able to do. He's hitting 588. 588 with four bombs and 17 at-bats. And the funny thing, it's not just the rivalry, is that, of course, Trevor Bauer comes out and talks at the beginning saying, we're going to change the script this year. This is a new me, you know. And then Manny Machado has two hits to start the game, and he crushed them for singles, (laughs) which I thought was just pretty – pretty funny to see right you see what bauer said after his start no what he said somebody asked uh, about that matchup with machado and he said well i kept him in the ballpark this time so i guess we're improving yeah but like can, trevor bauer don't come at the beginning of the game and say we're going to change the script this is now over and then kind of play the funny guy after be like oh i kept him in the park yeah dominate or don't before we move on I want to walk through the pitching matchups starting this Thursday in a four-game set. Let's do it. Thursday is you Darvish and Walker Bueller. Mm. Appointment television. Friday is Blake Snell and Clayton Kershaw. Ooh. Appointment television. Saturday is Joe Musgrove and Trevor Bauer. Oh. 
<laughs> this is, I mean, I'm, I'm moaning because this is, these are the two best teams in baseball. And you yeah. can make arguments that all of these pitchers that are pitching are all at least top 20 pitchers in baseball. And they all get to face each other. And it seems like it's going to start happening every other week with MLB COVID rules. They only play the teams of their division. We yeah. can get a bunch of games this year of the best pitching matchups possible. And Sunday night is Dustin May, who we've talked about, who's an absolute freak. freak. And either Chris Paddock, who is criminally underrated, or Denelson Lamette. If he starts this Tuesday, today... He's coming back from injury. There's a chance he starts today. There's a chance he starts tomorrow. If he starts today, he lines up for that Sunday night spot. So we could either get May and Lamette, or we can get May and Paddock, which will be stupid regardless. I'd rather have Lamette than Paddock personally. I don't know if Paddock is criminally underrated. I actually would probably disagree. Mm. I think there's there's major holes in his in his development so far as a pitcher. I mean, we saw him come up in his rookie here, and he, he was phenomenal. But I think maybe hitters have started to adjust to him. I don't think he has that same type of velocity that a power pitcher like him needs. Yeah. So I don't know if he is. I think he's a great trade piece. I think maybe finds a different home out of San Diego. I'm a big Nelson Lamette fan. I think he's going to be so good and he just throws so hard. he, He reminds me of a what should be closer, but is able to put it out through six innings. Yeah, I hear you. I'm a big Lamette guy too. And I'm also bigger on Mackenzie Gore than I am Paddock. So I think Paddock like should be the one to go. And it's Uh funny, we're talking about Mackenzie Gore. Mackenzie Gore could end up being the best pitcher on the Padres in a couple of years. Yeah, I'm saying that right now. In like two years. Yeah, I I agree. It's crazy. We would be remiss if we didn't touch upon the tiny little brawl that happened in the Padres-Dodgers series, where if we set the scene, Jerks and Profar, he, I don't even know if I can call it a swing, but he technically swung, hit the catcher's glove, even though the ball was already in the mitt. And I looked up the rule, rule 6.01C in the the handbook. It's very straightforward. If the catcher makes contact with the batter, the batter is entitled to first base. That rule seems like it should be updated a little bit because that was not fair. Jerickson Profar, swung when the ball was already in the mitt and he hit it and he and then Kershaw's yelling that's a bullshit swing and um Jerks and Profar is telling him to shut the fuck up it, it was it was a fantastic little opener to this rivalry and I think it kind of put it on blast a little bit hey not the only rule book that needs to be updated am I right am I yeah. right America <laughs> all right um no more politics no more politics this is a baseball podcast that was enough yeah, let's um, it, let's pronounce someone's career dead because it is. <laughs> let's do it. That's a bomb. Um, Jay Bruce had a hell of a career. He ended a 14-year career at conclusion of uh, at the conclusion of Sunday's Yankees Rays game, in which the Yankees were swept by Tampa. If I'm not, yeah. Mistaken. Jay Bruce ends a three-time All-Star, two-time Silver Slugger winner, 319 career home runs, 49 runs batted in, shy of 1,000 on his career he was the former top prospect in major league baseball and he has just under 103 million dollars in career earnings at the major league level good for you jay bruce yeah good for you jay bruce we're very happy you had a wonderful career all reports out of yankee camp says you're a wonderful dude you know we're wishing you the absolute best jay bruce but jay bruce this season was not a major league player He was in a major league lineup, 
for one of the best major league teams, but he was not a major league player. In 34 at-bats, he hit 118. So, I mean, can you hit a small child's weight? 231 on base, so he wasn't walking either. And he oh, wasn't man. hitting for any home runs. He was only slugging 466. I mean, he had, in 34 at-bats, like I said, he struck out 38% of those at-bats. And he added four hits. One of them was a, was a home run. But he was batting like fifth. He, I think he, had a, he was in the lineup at third, sixth. This lineup is an absolute disaster right now. Cashman came out and said, we're a team that you want to catch right now um, because we're not firing on all cylinders. All of our strengths aren't there. You're we're not waiting. firing on any cylinder. We're waiting, right? They're not firing on – the only cylinder that's being fired is the Garrett Cole cylinder. Garrett Cole is still amazing. Under two ERA, striking out guys, one of the top five in the leaderboards and strikeouts to start the season. He's amazing, no problem there. The rest of the team, disaster. Jay Bruce started there. You cannot hit 118 and be the three-hitter of the Yankees. And you say, oh, but then who are they going to replace now? Oh, Aaron Hicks, is he a better option? He's almost even worse. You it's can't... not a good day to be a Yankee fan. It's not a good. It's not a good year to be a Yankee fan. I don't see this team developing unless we add a big lefty at the deadline. Unless they add a really good starting pitcher, which I don't even know if they will. So the season just could be an absolute wash. And Jay Bruce, he's getting a lot of the hurt because I mean he retired. <laughs> I don't blame him. <laughs> it's season. Are you kidding? I don't blame him at all. It was like that Bills player that retired at halftime. You remember that? Oh, yeah. Well, like, uh, no, I think it was the corner for the Colts. No, it wasn't the Colts. I thought it was a Bill. It was either a Bill or a Jet. And at halftime, he was like, yeah, screw this. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like 118, you can't be the three hitter for the Chattanooga lookouts. Like, you're, you're, you can't play above double A if you're hitting 118. But the reality is Jay Bruce was probably burnt. And... I think he knew that the writing was on the wall and by all accounts, I don't know if you saw the the statement that Joey Votto put out about Jay Bruce retiring, but it was so nice and so heartfelt. Like this guy positively impacted everybody that he came across in his 14 years of baseball, uh, except for the New York Yankees in 2021. Yeah. It was just a <laughs> negative impact, but everybody's negatively impacting the Yankees. And before I pitch you um, this proposition that I have, I do want to point to something about the Jay Bruce scenario and about him retiring after Sunday's game. It came out before Sunday's game that he was going to retire at the conclusion of the game. When asked, Aaron Boone said, yeah, we don't have any plans to play him today. Why would you say that about somebody on your roster? About somebody I on know. Your active roster? Think about the kick to the nuts that is for Tyler Wade or Mike Ford, or even Esteban Florial, who's waiting at the alternate site, scratching and clawing for a chance to come back to Yankee Stadium, and you hear that somebody might not be playing today? It's not even a day off, dude. Like, you just said, yeah, it's his final game of his career, and he's not playing. If you're What's not the giving, point? I don't know. Like, if you are the worst team record-wise in the American League, and you are not giving a 14-year revered vet one final curtain call, then why the hell aren't you bringing up a lefty that will actually contribute? This, this and, team's in a funk right now. And, I mean, they, they Clint Frazier, I mean, Yankee fans love Clint Frazier. I love Clint Frazier, but he didn't need to start that game and left, and he made a couple errors. He didn't need to start any game and left. Jay Bruce could have started and left. We, even, we don't even need to put him at first base. He obviously can't play first base worth a lick. He's an outfielder. 
We tried to make him a first baseman. He is obviously not going to learn to be a first baseman in his last year of his career when he's already thinking about retiring. He said he was thinking about this a week ago. Yeah. And they're trying to put him at first base. Keep DJ, put him in left, give him one last game in the outfield, or just don't do any of that nonsense. Yeah. Don't play this middle ground. And I picked Aaron Boone to be the manager of the year on our gambling podcast. You already lost. Uh, one of the episodes earlier. What a horrible pick that looks like right now. What a horrible pick. The Yankees are in an absolutely terrible situation. So here's what I want to do. I want to pitch you three teams to get off the Yankees fan bus and join these guys. All right. I'm here for it. Here's the list of three teams. And I've got, you know, a quick elevator pitch for all three. I like it. And you got to tell me which one you want. Okay. The Brewers, the Mariners, and the Dodgers. Okay. I've got, who do you want first? Give me the Dodgers first because I'm never choosing them, but I am very interested in the Mariners and the Brewers, but I'd love to hear the Dodger pitch. Yeah. So Dodgers, um, my pitch is immediate returns and you're from there. Yeah. Okay. All right. (laughs) Right? Okay. Uh, And all my friends are Dodger fans. Um, I'm from Santa Barbara, California. So I grew up around two hours north of Dodger Stadium. If you drive fast. Hour and a half if you drive quickly. At 4 a.m. At 4 a.m. Jack will never be a Dodger fan ever. All my friends from home are Dodger fans. Yeah. I don't like them. I think they're probably going to win 120 games this year and be the best team in baseball. But I'll never, ever be a Dodger fan. You hear that, Peter's friends from home? You're all zeros to him. All of you. Zero. (laughs) Uh, Do you want the Brewers or the Mariners next? I love both teams, so you pick. I'll give you the Brewers first. We love their three-headed monster in the rotation. We love them. I'm sure you can find a fake Corbin Burns jersey online for dirt cheap. Easily. AliExpress? Yeah. And you know what? Uh, or DHgate. DHgate is a good one. Right? We, we can't be pigeonholing ourselves into one sponsorship That's opportunity. That's true. We're still looking for sponsors. <laughs> Always got to cast a wide net. Uh, and to bring back our favorite stock term, we bought the dips on Christian Yelich. Mm-hmm. That's well documented. It's on a recorded podcast episode. Yes, so. So there's my quick elevator pitch about the Brewers. I also do like Keston Hira. He's not hitting well at all, though. No. But he strikes out a lot. I do like him. He played at Valencia High School. We played him in high school. He actually hit two home runs off Dustin Demeter, who's on this podcast (laughs) a lot. He went yard to deep center at our high school. It's like, I think it's like 380 to center. He went center field off like a curveball and then another pitch center field against us. So I have a little um, love spot there for Keston Hira. I think Corbin Burns, we're, we're about to get into our Jacob DeGrom segment, but it's really a top 10 pitcher segment. I think Corbin Burns is starting to approach that. I love Brandon Woodruff. That was like 98, 99. Yeah. God, he's good. And, and then our boy, and then our boy, <laughs> Freddie. Freddie Peralta out here with a 0.69 ERA, dominating, just nice. like you said, Jack. You know so what? Nice. I kind of already sold myself with the Brewers, but let's hear this Mariners pitch. <laughs> Mar- okay, you ready? I'm Mariners, ready. 10 and 6, leading the division. Mitch Hanniger and Ty France, scrappy. True. Right? Justice Sheffield and Justin Dunn, young, flashy. True. Taylor Trammell and Kyle Lewis, already there. Okay. Elnick, Rodriguez, Hancock, Gilbert, Kirby, on the way. Okay. Pacific Northwest, chill spot. <laughs> okay, that, that was your best pitch. I think I'm still a Brewers guy, but thinking about how the Mariners could have four potential all-star outfielders 
between Jared Kalenic, Julio Rodriguez, Taylor Trammell, and Kyle Lewis. I really like that. Gets you a little. I also love keep an eye on George Kirby. Yes. George Kirby throws like a hundred now, and he's known for not walking a soul and just striking out guys. When guys like that, who already have really good command, then start to develop crazy amounts of velo, those guys typically make it and do extremely well. George Kirby, and I also love Logan Gilbert, but I think George Kirby could legitimately be become the ace of that Mariner staff in a couple of years. I love me some George Kirby. Uh, I before I get to a quick story about George Kirby, I love Gilbert and I love Emerson Hancock. I Emerson Hancock's going to be real good. He's real good. Uh, George Kirby, when I was out on the Cape in 2018, I was calling games for the Brewster Whitecaps, and George Kirby was in Harwich playing for the Harwich Mariners, and he was a bullpen arm for the Harwich Mariners. And you saw George Kirby, Elon, and you thought, wait, 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 that's not the Elon guy. Kyle Bronovich is the Elon guy. And Kyle was, Bronovich. Yeah. Team USA just pulled that name out of nowhere. Huh? Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Uh, Kyle Bronovich was the Elon guy. So you see this bullpen arm, George Kirby. He gets on the mound. He's skinny as hell. And then he throws his first couple of warm-up pitches. And the booth where we called games from in Brewster is directly behind home plate on the same level as home plate. So you're not even up. So you pretty much have an umpire's view. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> this is gas. Yeah. And I turned to my other buddy and like, granted, we're just coming out of our sophomore year of college. Like, you know, we've been seeing good pitching all summer long, but like, this is, we watched. And then I, he threw one inning. It was like 10 pitches. He struck out two. It was a one, two, three inning. And it was the ninth game ends. We take our headsets off and I turn, I look over to, to my partner and he's staring at me. He was like, that's a major league baseball player that we just watched pitch. <laughs> I was like, oh it is. my God, yeah. And you know what? My, I think the more I watch baseball every day, the more I'm, I'm, I'm absorbed into the landscape. The best part about baseball, in my opinion, maybe not the best, but just something that comes to my mind is something I dearly love. Yep. You're scouting a player. You're at a college baseball game. You're at a high school baseball game. And you see a pitcher, you see a hitter that instantly pops, instantly pops. And your, your mouth opens, your eyes widen a little bit. And you're like, oh my God, I just saw a major leaguer. And that level of excitement Uh just bursts out of me. And I know it does for you too. And I know it does for a lot of baseball fans. So I implore people this year, go watch some Vanderbilt games. Go watch some Arkansas games. Go watch some of these college baseball teams play baseball this year, especially over at Vanderbilt. Go watch Kumar Rocker. Go watch Jack Leiter. These are major league players playing in college right now. It's amazing to watch. It's amazing to watch. And if you're in the Northeast, how about this kid from BC? What's his name? Freelich? Sal Freelich. Sal Sal Freelich hits. He just hits. We, um, Pete Flaherty. Uh, one of the guys we've been working with, he's the GM of the Ketuit Ketaliers. He is on the Sal Frelick train 100%. Sal Frelick has boosted up draft boards. Also, Henry Davis, the catcher for yeah. Louisville, played at my roommate's high school, took his starting job when he, my roommate was a senior. Henry Davis was a freshman, comes in, takes the starting job at Fox Light High School in Westchester, New York. 
Good. and dominates his way to Louisville. Now he might go fourth overall this year. That's what Keith Law has him at in his latest draft. You got to love that. You got to love that. Yeah, George Kirby kind of strikes me as that guy. And yeah, college baseball is just great this year, as it is every year. And you just have those guys that that pop. And it's fun. And you say, you know, maybe I can be a scout. Um, but it, I'm going to kind of precede this top 10 pitchers conversation. We'll go through it rather quickly. Just with some Jacob deGrom stupid numbers. Let's do it. His outing on Saturday, it was a seven-inning game. Mets won 4-3. Mm-hmm. And Jacob deGrom allowed one earned run. No, no, no earned zero runs. earned runs. But he let up a home run after there but was it, an error. Made after there X. was an error, so it didn't count. So technically, he's still given up just one earned run all year. Through 20 innings across three starts so far this year, has allowed one earned run, struck out 35 in 20 innings, and walked three. He has a 0.45 ERA. He has a 0.70 whip. He struck out 14 in six innings on Saturday. Struck out nine in a row, which is tied for the second longest stretch in MLB history, only behind, you know, Tom Seaver's 10. The Mets are still one and two in Jacob yeah. Rom starts this year. I, we're not going to get That's into that. That's the funniest thing about it. <laughs> we did it last episode, so we're not going to do it now. I just want to drop this number for you. Of the 99 pitches that Jacob DeGrom threw on Saturday, how many were under 90 miles an hour? I'm going to go with zero because I, I've been looking at his fan graphs and his pitch usage. He averages 100 on the fastball, averages 91 and a half on the slider, and I think another 91 on the changeup. So I'm going to go with zero. Three. Three, okay, okay. <laughs> Which is still stupid. The three changeups, he threw nine changeups, three of which were under 90. Their readings on the gun were 89.9, <laughs> and 89.5. So if we round up, technically zero technically is zero. correct. So for all you little leaguers who think that throwing strikes is what matters. Nah, just, just throw no, harder. Just throw, the, just throw harder. <laughs> That's it. So let's break into, so ESPN just released their top 10 starting pitchers for the year. And it's not, it's not too bad of a list, but I think there is, you know, a couple hiccups in there that I think we'll talk about. Obviously led off by the undisputed best yeah. pitcher in baseball right now, Jacob DeGrom. Number two, you like Shane Bieber as your second best pitcher. I like Garrett Cole. They have Garrett Cole as their number two. Okay. They then go to Shane Bieber at number three, which I think we both agree with. I think it's DeGrom, Cole, and Bieber, and then four, five, six, seven, eight, you know, it's all a toss up. Yeah. But their number four selection was very interesting. Walker Bueller at number four. Okay. Seems pretty high right now, at least. High. Because Because I I don't even know if he's the ace of the Dodgers right now. He doesn't even have the production to his name yet. Right. It's it's a little bit too early for him to be four. We love Walker Bueller, right? This list is actually pretty good, but, you know, four is a little high. Aaron Nola, number five. I love Aaron Nola. Do you think he's the fifth best starting pitcher in baseball? Not at all. Okay. Me neither. I think he should probably be, you know, eight, nine. He did have a really good start against the Cardinals in his last outing, though. Number six, Trevor Bauer, which may at this point need to be higher. I think it needs to be higher. Trevor Bauer looks dominant out there. 
Yeah, like I, I think you slide Bauer to four. I agree. I think Bauer might be the four. Number seven, you Darvish, too high. He shouldn't yeah. be a top 10 pitcher right now. I'd rather have Blake Snell on the mound. I don't think he's a top 10 pitcher right now. Maybe maybe it's a personal, not a personal vendetta against Darvish. I just, there have been years of Darvish with a five ERA. And there have been years of Darvish with a two ERA. There's too much inconsistency for me with Darvish to have him already seven locked in. I've seen him on a tons of lists already locked in. It's too high for me. You like so Darvish? For, not, not at seven. For seven exactly. spots in, it feels like ESPN is kind of all over the board with their thinking. With Aaron Nola, I agree. they're thinking, oh, he's had a really hot start to 2021, and he just threw a complete game. Hey, let's, let's put him there. With Darvish, why is he top 10 when he hasn't been that good so far this year? It's because he was great in 2020. So, like, are you, is this a postseason ranking from 2020, or is this where we're at right now? This is where we're at right now with them, and I just don't get it because yeah, also they have, I don't know. they have Steven Strasburg at eight. No, which no, that just no. is not happening. I mean, we love Steven Strasburg. He was, people forget he was the 2019 World Series MVP, but Steven Strasburg at eight after he's dealing with a little bit of an injury. He just, I think he gave up like 10 runs Dude, in his second start. This is what kills me about Steven Strasburg. He's always dealing with a little injury. Always. He is. Um, I was reading an article about the way Steven Strasburg kind of fidgets on the mound and like he's always grabbing an elbow or like <laughs> hurting a shoulder. Like he's always looking like he just tweaked something on the last pitch. And he is literally a pitching coach's worst nightmare because every really? pitch you think he's just ailing. You think he's uh, like, I need to come out. Like, you Was that ever know. a thing when he was at San Diego State? Did he ever deal so. with injuries like that? I think he just pumped 101. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just like your arm is like that. And number nine, who I think should be above Strasburg, I think Max Scherzer at nine. I mean, people still sleep on Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer could what? easily be in the top five, top six of this list. Oh, my God. Because if we're looking at, if, if you have guys like Darvish there, if you have guys like Strasburg there, you obviously care about your past, your past, you know, resume. So... Scherzer at nine makes no sense to me. He should be higher. And then they have Lucas Giolito at 10, which I thought he should be higher, but I'm not going to disqualify him based off his start. Oh, we're recording this on a Monday. He got absolutely shelled by the Red Sox. I think he what, gave up seven runs in an he, inning. He looked bad. Bad. Real bad. bad. Like missing, yeah. like change up, like down yep. the middle, like middle. missing bad, bad. And Yerman Mercedes even hopped it. We, we just posted a TikTok highlight about Yerman Mercedes getting in the game. He, he, he was giving up a couple hits, hit 88. Yerman Mercedes hit 88 miles an hour. Today. That's it's cause the guys is that's cause the guy's arms are like bigger than my torso. It was so funny seeing him up there. He literally looked like Pablo Sandoval out there. <laughs> All right. But notables left off. Tyler Glasnow should be on this list. Yeah. A hundred percent. He's fourth in ERA. He's fourth in strikeouts right now. ERA under one. He just, I was just in the stadium for Rays Yankees when we watched Glasnow pitch against Jordan Montgomery. Glasnow looked like the best player on the field. Yeah. Yankee fans felt it too. The scuttlebutt around the stadium is, oh, we got to face Glasnow today. We got to face Glasnow today. Yep. Yeah. Cause Glasnow might be the best pitcher in the American League East outside of, of course, Garrett Cole. Right. But Tyler Glasnow, I'd rather have him than Darvish. I think so. And my other notable, uh, kind of notable omission from this list is 
you cannot make a list right now without Corbin Burns. Mm-hmm. As it stands right now, yes, if you're if you're going to publish an article right now, 30Ks, no walks, you cannot publish an article without Corbin Burns in the top 10. Corbin Burns should win the MLB Cy Young if it were decided today. The MLB Cy Young. He's oh, the best yeah. pitcher in baseball right the now. The platinum glove for pitchers. The platinum, the platinum glove for pitchers. When you throw a 96-mile-an-hour cutter that is not only your most used pitch, but it's getting you the most strikeouts, and you don't walk a soul, mm-hmm. yeah, give me Corbin Burns. Also, one more notable, Hunjin Ryu deserves some love. He just shoves every single outing he's out yeah. there. I mean, he, I think he was third in Cy Young voting in 2019. I think he was second last year or maybe the other way around. But Ryu is a stud, and people don't talk about Ryu in Toronto, but he's an ace. He's an absolute ace. Well, you know what, Pete? I'm seeing number one on this list on Thursday with my own eyes. Jacob deGrom at Wrigley Field taking on an inept Cubs team. Oh, gotta love it. Before we leave, I gotta leave the listeners with one play to remember that might go down in history because I've never seen it before. In the Dodgers Padres series in the 12th inning, Jake Cronworth pitched to David Price, who was the hitter, and Joe Musgrove was playing left field. None of it makes literally any sense. And then Price actually hit a fly ball with Joe Musgrove catching it in left field. Have we ever seen where a position player is hitting? A pitcher is, no, no, no. I can't even explain it. It's so hard. A position player is pitching. A pitcher is hitting. And then a pitcher is in left and makes the out on that entire play. Tell me when that's ever happened in the history of forever. I think we got to ask Michael Lorenzen. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Yeah, he's probably done that a couple times. All right, Pete, this was good, man. We'll come back to you with Nelson Figueroa on Friday. That'll be good. Nelson Figueroa on Friday. I'm dumb excited. It's going to be a good one. How about that? He's Peter. I'm Jack. This is Project the Plate. As always, talk to you guys Friday. Thank you, everybody.